0: Welcome to the All Japan Women Destiny podcast. It's our 10th episode hitting back the spin-off of the Red Leaf Retrocast. We're back to 1986 on this episode. I'm your host JD joined with Kay, on the Big Egg Joshi so, podcast. Yeah, the Big Egg Joshi named after the famous event. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Wow, we haven't even got there the red leaf proper yet <laughs> no no if you want to if you want to keep up with us uh, kind of watch things for the first time then head on over to Redleaf retrocast uh, the proper big podcast channel uh, we're currently in 1991 on over there so uh this is our second well at least my kind of second run through 1986 here and um much further knowledge much further perspective maybe getting some finishes right <laughs> that's a good idea <laughs>
1: That's probably a good idea.
0: Yeah, it is the retirement of Jaguar Yokota. We have reached the peak of greatness in women's wrestling.
1: Oh, well, at least one peak.
0: <laughs> at least this peak, yes. One very
1: important peak. Very important peak.
0: It, I so my original audio, I described this uh, this moment in Jaguar's retirement and uh, kind of the year as a huge turning point in the company. And I still agree with that.
1: It definitely is. Uh, I would even say, make a small argument on Koda's end. uh, The turning point happened just about three or four years prior to this, more like three years prior to this for her. Uh, Because that's when she started, excuse me. That's when she started training uh, people in the dojo also being a wrestler and the transition from wrestler to commentator and still trainer.
0: Yeah, and it's the same year we get the class of 1986, a massive, massive recruiting class uh, that Jaguar had a lot of handle in the training, and that's kind of what leads to the in-ring wrestling boom of the 90s, which is a really cool thing that we're seeing (laughs) unfold right now.
1: Yeah, there's, there's an argument to be made that Jaguar Dakota is probably the most influential women's wrestler of all time. Uh, just think of a great wrestler, and she's probably had a handle on their training to some extent.
0: Well, obviously, um, I know you're referring to J.D. Star.
1: Well, I <laughs> and mean... Sachi she Abe train.
0: and all those people.
1: <laughs> I mean, she trained some duds there, too, like Emi Tojo. No, come like, on, are you uh, kidding uh, me? Emi
0: Tojo was a legend.
1: <laughs> oh, a legend in a different industry, that's for sure. Um... <laughs> But, like, there's, I mean, I can just list off a few people that she trained. She trained Bull Nakano in 83, when who debuted in 83. That's why I said she had sort of a few years prior. She trained Bull Nakano, or had a hand in training Bull Nakano. Bull said this uh, herself, I think. It, she's tra- helped train Bull, Aja, Kyoko way, Takako way, Manami Toyota. Just name. Name a star in the 90s. Hokuto, she had some hand in helping train her a little bit, too. Just name a star. She had some hand in the training, especially the 90s stars.
0: Very much so, uh, and that's not even including the—she was the first, women, I would say, pure women's wrestler and was able to be extremely popular because of that, as opposed to, say, the Jackie Sato's of the world being sort of uh, bigger mainstream stars. Mimi Hagiwaro was the actress-singer. Uh, that Mafumiaki turned wrestler as
1: well. The big, the big the, uh, sort of breakout first star, which made them a company. Fumiyaki. Mm-hmm. She was an actress before she was a wrestler. Right. actress, an idol singer before wrestler.
0: Yeah. And you just see kind of the in ring game and how Jaguar uh, carried herself just on a different level of everyone else. Uh, it's very obvious. The only one that came close was Devil Masami, but she was a completely different uh, uh, presence and character to it all.
1: Yeah, and she also uh, as influential as she kind of was, she definitely was in the shadow of Jaguar, I would say, because Dakota would go on to do uh, much bigger things, not just in the ring but behind the scenes especially. Like I said, she just she trained Bull, Manami, she trained the goat. And you we can argue that she's the goat as a result of that. But like she trained I I'd make, the, the, ar- I'd the, make best. the
0: argument Jaguar's the goat. But but as I was uh, trying to come up with a list, uh, cause unlike, so this is the second big retirement we've come across in, in, on, uh, on destiny here. Uh, the first right. being Mimi Hagiwara. And I tried coming up with kind of a loose list of her best matches uh, through her AJW run. And this is what I think separates, obviously the mandatory retirement rule kind of stifled a lot of what could have been, at least by this point. And, there might be something worth into seeing the early JD star and the matches she was able to pull off and see some of the, some of the crossover shows. Cause here's a plug as I'm going through uh, some of the cards for LLPW. She shows up on a lot of those cards. Jaguar Oh
1: Yeah. Cause she had pretty much like AJW had burned her like, by that time. I believe it's like 93, 92 ish. Right. After the split. Uh, by that point, she's done with AJW. Like, she works there a few occasionally here and there, like the crossover stuff. Mm-hmm. But she's done with them because they wouldn't let her wrestle. Like, they let her wrestle, I think, once was the Lioness Asuka thing, right? It, I mean, not Lioness Um, I'm blanking on now. Uh, but she was involved in like, another retirement match, remember? Yeah, we'll she get there, and go. I believe
0: you're right. That was Lioness Asuka.
1: Okay, okay. She could go 110%. Like, she was still able to. Like, it was just like a, she had never missed a beat. I would even say she was slightly better, even coming off the bench, which is funny thinking about it, really. <laughs> it's like she was so good, and they wanted her to be a commentator and trainer, so she said, fuck you. And then we saw the rookies, they plummet. You get your your um, uh, Kaoru E2s. You get your Kaoru's Kourou, as well. Kaoru wasn't trained by her.
0: Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought she was part of that. But that would make sense. That would make sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. is one of the ones that wasn't trained by her. Yeah, my own um, personal
0: I, theory is they dropped the mandatory retirement rule and she wanted to come back and they told her no, you're part of the back. Well,
1: <laughs> well that's exactly what that's exactly what happened. That's yeah. exactly what happened. Ja- and Jaguar's own words. That's exactly what happened. Oh, they well, they, they stopped the rule. They stopped the rule and she's like, Oh hey, can I come back now? Like, no, no, no. We need you uh, training the girls. It's said, like, Well, I'm not a I'm a wrestler, fuck you. <laughs> That's why you got some people that didn't get trained and some people that did. So she didn't train Kaoru or Kaorito for that matter, but she trained Kyoko in a way and Takako in a way. She trained a few people, Mm -hmm. but she didn't train everybody like she was prior.
0: So um, before we get into some of the matches and uh, feuds that I want to recommend, just some loose thoughts over the rest of this show of the classics. Uh, It's a tag team heavy show and you can actually find uh, some of the uh, complete matches, uh, through these episodes. So we got the uh vacant three wa tag titles. Uh, jumping bomb angels against Nakano and Saito. Uh, the low end team of Domei. And what I found interesting was the Crush Gals had to vacate the titles due to a Chigusa Nagayo injury in December. Uh, we're in January fifth, nineteen eighty six. Which in hindsight, K. In hindsight, the beginning of January in AJW is a huge month for them. Like January 4th through January 11th, they tend to run three, four huge shows and have big angles and big crowning moments.
1: Yeah, it's actually a tradition uh, that we see in some companies even now. Uh, Stardom does it, you know, the year-end climax and then the first show, the anniversary show in January. They usually make January a big month. Uh, TGPW does the same thing have been doing that for years. I believe Ice Ribbon does it as well. We get stuff like Winter Story and Ribbon Mania off the back of it. Off the back of Ribbon Mania, you get Winter Story and big shows. January is usually a big month for Joshi. Yeah,
0: it's either the end of December or the beginning of January. And AJW is no exception, uh, even back in the 80s. So that's just something I I, I keep putting these puzzle pieces together. The more I kind of look at things and get second and third looks, uh, just watching even the same thing. Uh, the second match was also for the 3WA tag title. The Jumping Bomb Angels, who had won the first one, now against Dome Proper, uh, <laughs> Dump, Matsumoto, and Bull Nakano. Uh, one thing to mention about the first the first match was that was the first and only tag title uh, win for the Jumping Bomb Angels.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, because you think that they had won more. You feel like they won would have won more, right? Because they're so well-regarded and... Sort of put on this pedestal as one of the best tag teams to sort of ever do it, right? Yeah. And you find out they've only ever had one tag title run. They had one run actually. and it lasted
0: barely 60 days.
1: Yeah, it's nuts. It's kind of crazy that. But how many did the Crush Cows have? I mean, I guess I guess I get they were the most popular thing going at the time, but still.
0: Yeah, I mean they pretty much had a had a death grip on those tag titles. And I don't really blame blame them. I mean they are they were the biggest of the time. Uh, Bull and Dump had their run, no doubt, but it was it it was, it was not about um, uh, the Jumping Bomb Angels. It was all about the the Crush Gals. Uh, that's I think that is what led to the agreement of the Jumping Bomb Angels were the team to go to America uh, to kind of separate them from the shadow of the Crush Gals.
1: Oh yeah, because that was a large looming shadow, and I imagine it's probably frustrating for Platano and. Y- Yamazaki because it's just like they're, they're like regarded as this really good team and they know they're really good they're being told they're really good they get their tag titles and it's like well this doesn't even matter because it's going to, to dump and bowl which I mean you can argue that their reign didn't even really matter it was just meant to set the crush guys to win the belts again
0: you're not going to believe this K back around. you know who had more tag title runs than the jumping bomb angels a dump Matsumoto you can tell me dump Matsumoto well I mean I think she only had the two, but yes, that, that's that's also true. <laughs> Yumi <Ogura. laughs> No? Not funny? You're not laughing? I'm not hearing you uh, enjoying this Yumi Ogura factual factoids I'm dropping here. I
1: think you're probably Yumi y- y- biggest fan. You should write her fan mail.
0: <laughs> Hit up Yumi Ogura and just be like, hey, you know, I was watching the classics. I love you. I love your work. <laughs> You should a, great, such I a great mean, what? wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh speaking of Yumi Ogura, Red Typhoons, uh, winners of the AJW tag titles, so think of it as like the junior tag titles, and they beat Bull Nakano and Condor Saito. So uh one thing over those three matches, Bull Nakano eats the final pin in all three of them. Because the first yeah, two were two out bold. of three falls. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, still wasn't bull yet, so it makes sense, right? She was had at least seniority in the group, I believe. Like Condor, I think had a year or two on her.
0: Yeah, hey. I just found that kind of fascinating. Even on my first watch, I, I just uh, I, it, sometimes it's hard to tell who's who at times because a lot of things move so fast and the camera's kind of quick at times. I thought Saito ate the first pin in the uh, ate the final pin in the two out of three falls with the with JBA, but I, I was mistaken. That was indeed. A uh, bull. Uh, she her weakness the German suplex.
1: I think that's everybody's weakness in AJW. <laughs> Just gonna go out on a limb on that. But you, know, you see, it's kind of weird because in hindsight, you know how big she is. So seeing her humble beginnings where she's losing and Condor Saito is not dropping, getting uh, being pinned is kind of nuts, right? Because Condor Saito does nothing. She becomes nothing.
0: I mean, she has her tag title runs, and she's she's the number two for a while of Dome, so that's fine. She's number two until Dump gets done with her and makes Bull number two. <laughs> well, I think Saito retires. I think that's the deal. Hey,
1: I'm, I'm getting her mixed up with Crane. You, my bad. But still, Kyonosato kind of, doesn't really do anything. I don't think she ever comes back, not to my knowledge, at least.
0: Uh, no, 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 no. no. Um, the two out of three falls D- JBA versus Dump and Bull. Uh, was a it's a very entertaining match. It's from Aichi, and. That's the one where dump has the massive trash drum with spray painted domain on it and she's she just beats some ass for a long time <laughs> the the very uh there's a at least in in research you'll find a famous image of her holding it overhead and then just sitting on top of Yamazaki uh, with this drum and getting uh getting DQ'd. it's it's a pretty it's a pretty cool image pretty cool moment. the crowd's screaming. For all this, and I'm wondering. Upon listening to my original audio, I'm wondering when the time comes when I drop Yamazaki and I just go on f- my full Tateno fandom. <laughs> uh I believe that's a
1: recent thing, to my knowledge. It's not. You it seem to be recent. more recently. I mean, maybe the past year. I don't. I don't remember you being this obsessed with Tateno until you did a bit of research into it. Like, oh my god, Tateno! Yes.
0: Well, I was watching more, uh, more matches and just liked Tateno more over time.
1: A poster of her and uh, Ogre in your room, don't you? A poster of both of <laughs> yeah, them, yeah, right next <laughs> to <on> your
0: wall, <laughs> yeah, right next to my Jungle Kiona one, where it's just <laughs> you guys could have been champions.
1: <laughs> the Kiona one's slightly peeling off
0: the wall. You look at everything yeah.
1: sadly, like I gotta, I, gotta, I
0: can fix that, but do I really need to? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, they're e- the, the, the there's pictures on the left of their tag title reigns and then the right of their single ra- oh wait a minute
1: <laughs> <laughs> you mean the singles title losses which is uh, a lot Yeah all of. their
0: fam- all their big losses in big singles matches ah yes Chigusa Nagayo Norio Tateno, all pacific title match uh, Nagayo lost that one okay or uh, uh, Tateno lost that one I wish Nagayo lost that one <laughs> Anyways yeah it-, it was a lot of fun there's a lot of fun tag matches. Okay, of course, the Red Typhoons match I really liked because Yubi Ogura and she is she is a fit machine. <laughs> She's so good. I love her. And she pins Bull Nakano, by the way. That is a feud you don't know existed until you look into it, and you just go, yes, they were at the at each other's throats even back then.
1: I think you're probably the only one that's really hyped for that feud, though.
0: Yumi Ogre and (laughs) Bull Nakano. I love this feud. It's great. (laughs) It's it's Bull Nakano's greatest opponents. (laughs) Come at me.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Aja Kong doesn't exist, then, I guess.
0: No, come on. She lost, like, every time but once.
1: (laughs) One time it mattered.
0: Well, Yumi Ogre was beating Bull Nakano from the start. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Rookie Bull. counts. (laughs) It does count. It absolutely counts. The record book says so. All right. So uh, I got some Jaguar-Yakota kind of recommended feuds and matches. Go ahead. Yeah. And uh, obviously the thing that comes to mind uh, in her biggest match is the Linus Asuka 3WA uh, title defense at the August 5th, 85 or August 22nd, 85 show. Uh, where it goes like 30 minutes, it's really good. I believe it was also given five stars in the Wrestling Observer. And I do agree with it, of the time. It was kind of the between that and the big uh, Jackie Sato loss in December of 81, I believe. Uh, That's before she, or is that 80? December of 80, because then she won the title, I think, in 81. I might have my time frame me- messed up, but it's actually the match where she doesn't win the title prior that is regarded as the better match, even though it's historically not as important. So those are kind of your two yeah. big Jaguar matches. And the uh, the double title match against uh, Devil Masami is another big famous one.
1: Yeah, so you gotta look at when Beauty Pair sort of um, split, because that's when she probably had that sort of match. I don't think they split it until 80. I want to say it's 80, but it could be like 70 something for all I remember.
0: Uh, I'm looking it up actually at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, some, some other matches I think you could really go out of your way to watch is the three WA tag title match. Two out of three falls. It's, uh, the eventual team that happens is Jaguar and Devil Masami. I know there's a tag team name for it. I was looking for it, and I just could not get a confirmation on what their name was. And I can't remember. Right. Uh, but oh, Beauty Pair. Oh, go ahead. But Jaguar and Devil Masami have a great two out of three falls match against uh, the Jumping Bomb Angels for the tag titles. Uh, that's what I think their best. I think that's Jaguar's best tag title match and then there's a match in 84 against the Crush gals not the tag league finals this is actually on this is actually on their tv show you can find uh, it's easily searchable on youtube it's also on daily motion it's against the crush gals and that's a banger of a match as well i'd say that's the second best uh, tag match from Jaguar yakota is her and devil against the crush gals on tv of Late eighty four,
1: right? That was when they had their TV show, their big TV yes. show. Uh, Beauty
0: pair split up in seventy nine. So yeah, eighty or eighty one would make sense. Yeah, then it would probably be nineteen eighty. Um, and then as for feuds, uh, obviously her big her big um rival of the generation was Devil Masami. Uh, there's. Uh, Jaguar and Mimi Hagiwara making a really really fun babyface team. Mimi Hagiwara in the constant babyface and peril role, selling throughout those matches. As you have Devil Masami with Tarantula, or not Nancy Kumi. Uh, oh, what was her name? Bear with it me. That wasn't Kumi. No, it wasn't no, no, Kumi. no. Um... Uh, wh- wh- um, Yumi, Yumi Akesta? No, that doesn't sound right either. Because Yumi Akeshito was more Hagiwara's rival uh, for the White Belt. Uh, I don't think Devil... Yeah. So Devil Masami teamed with... Ito Hi- Hiyori. The actual identity of Tarantula? tarantula? Yeah. Okay
1: looking at it right now uh joshi city has
0: has, as uh he okay that was a i don't know why that escaped my memory so much but there's there's a lot of matches with uh those four that went on for a long time in 83 84 82 um that was when it was tarantula when uh, uh, correction,
1: Cor- correction, uh, she, her shoot name is Ito
0: Hiyori. her ring name after tarantula is Wild Katsuki, Wild Kazuki. thank you, that sounds, that sounds way more accurate, yes, 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 Wild Kazuki. yeah, so Devil Masami and Katsuki against Jaguar and Mimi Hagiwara, I think if you want to see some just really good classic tag team wrestling, Uh, That's a good place to start with Jaguar Yakodi. I don't think you could go wrong. So basically, you could search Jaguar Devil Masami, and I think you can find a good match uh, to get into what made Jaguar a very dynamic and interesting in-ring character and presence. And then for the big end singles matches, uh, I don't think you can go much much bigger than the August uh, 1985 uh, 3WA title defense. My question to UK is what are your some of your favorite matches and do you think Jaguar possibly should have uh dropped the belt instead of uh just retiring with it?
1: Um I do think she should have dropped the belt. Uh I kind of don't uh, I don't know why they didn't have her drop the belt cuz it's not like she was the Crush Gals. which I mean they completely did that with the Crush Gals, and that almost killed all their momentum. Uh but if I had to say my favorite Dakota match, it would have to be the one with double Masami and uh the Linus Asuka title match. Both of those two mm-hmm. would be the two I would go for. Just yeah. classic matches. And I, and I think uh Jaguar and Linus Asuka is Linus Asuka's best match of her entire career. I can't think of one better. Oh, for Linus wise. Asuka?
0: Yeah. Off the top of my head and with my I haven't seen a lot of Gaia, like at all. Uh especially yeah, Gaia I, I two thousand. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of Gaia two thousand either.
1: I've seen some of the Crush Guy Return stuff, but I've not seen any of the uh, Asuka single stuff. But I, I feel it's fairly certain, easy to say, pretty safe to say uh, that that was probably her best match.
0: Yeah, at the at this point in time, uh, I I can definitely agree. So Jaguar Yokota, in my mind, is one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time. We have a, a fun little, we did a fun little top 50 women's wrestlers of all time thing on the Patreon at Redleaf Retrocast, easily searchable. And if you want to sign up, we do Joshi 2010's journey, where we start in the year 2010, go through Out of the Dark Age. Uh, Kay has JD Star Reviews starting in 2001. So this is the post-Jaguar oh, awesome. post awesome era. <laughs> of ownership it's a it's a different era where they do the ath- actress athletes program
1: uh, the asterisk wrestlers is what they call them yeah
0: and then uh, i'm starting up the llpw uh, reviews starting this month so go check us out and let's get into the original audio and finish this up uh thank you jaguar thank you jaguar Thank you, Minami Toyota. Yes, we are back with another All Japan Women's Classic from Purest Dream and Samurai TV. This is episode ten. I have made it through 1985. Now it's on to the year of 1986. This is a huge transitional year in Joshi wrestling. Huge year, and uh, we'll we'll get into a little bit of that uh, with the final match uh, from episode ten here. We get uh, January 5th match, uh, 1986, from and Hall. It's the three WA tag team title match. It's it's the Jumping Bomb Angels, Yamazaki, and Tateno versus Bol Nakano and Kondo Saito of Gokwaku Domei. Uh, we get a quick barrage from the Angels. Big pile driver and Nakano for a quick pin inside a couple minutes. Very unexpected. It's basically the opposite of what happened last time in their encounter. I believe that was episode 9, actually. Uh, where Gokwaku Dome ran wild on the Jumping Bomb Angels and just quickly finished them off. Uh, But no Dump Matsumoto in this match, which plays into later. Uh, Second fall comes after a Nunchaku barrage from Bull Nakano. That's her shtick right now. She's just full-on martial arts Nunchaku expert. 17, 18 years old. Bull Nakano, just huge woman. I don't like her gear. I wish... uh, Wish she'd change up her gear, her gear a bit. It looks very generic for, uh, her stature. Let's call it. Uh, finished up. Nakano gets on the top rope. She does a top rope nunchaku show, like flips him in and out of the armpits, and then she does a clothesline with him. It's quite funny to watch, actually. That that lay le- leads to a shoot pin in which she's just so much bigger they couldn't kick out. Uh, the jumping bomb angels then just lose their shit. They fight back with the uh, with the nunchanko nunchaku's. Particularly Yamazaki is just she gets a bottle of all things. Uh, I don't know when she got it, but she dropped the nun- nunchucks and just gets a bottle. I thought she was gonna break it over someone's head. She's hitting them in the chest, hitting them in the stomach with the bottle, uh, cracking them over the back. This is a tough bottle. I don't know if uh Sapporo or Kieran makes these things, but get me one of those bottles. After basically a tornado hardcore free-for-all breaks out, Tatano and Saito meet in the ring, and then Tatano just goes, up under German pin, angels are the new champions. Whew! What a turn of events. I love the jumping bomb angels, particularly Yamazaki. I uh, quite like her. Uh, January 9th, so just four days later in 1986, we're at the Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium. Uh, we get the 3WA tag team titles on the line again it's the new champions the jumping bomb angels against Gokakudome a bull Nakano, and this time dump matsumoto so the A team is here yes it's the rematch uh so dump is back uh presumably from an injury i believe that's what happened uh she now has a sick awesome blonde mixed with black colored mohawk looks absolutely terrifying In Dump Matsumoto's world, after injury, I will come back leaner, stronger, mohawk, and my new weapon will be a trash drum, of all things, with Gokatsu Dome and various other writings all over this giant trash drum. And I'm talking like a big metal trash drum. The one you'd find like in the middle of a downtown street in in America with with a bunch of hobos uh, lit a fire in it, that kind of thing. It's utterly ridiculous. It's terrifying. She just Hoists this massive drum over her head. Kills everyone in sight, particularly the Jumping Bomb Angels. Pins her with the drum on her. I love this. Easily hateable heel, too. Now, turns out they did get DQ'd for this first fall, which is confusing because the bell rang as she was pinning, uh, and the ref seemingly counted three because it's a heel ref. But, needless to say, the Angels were not pinned. They got the first fall via the DQ. It is confusing, but hey. Uh, So just like last time, we saw Dump in the ring with the Angels. It was a murder. It just doesn't stop. Second fall comes just as fast as the first DQ. Uh, Dump is just laughing at their attacks, just not phasing her. Uh, Just a terrifying strong group and leader. Uh, Teams can't beat them. Uh, As soon as Dump is added to the equation, it's game over. But... But on this day, the Angels fight back. They avoid Bull Nakano's nunchucks because she's got two of them this time. Angels uh, uh, get them from her. They isolate Dump with a barrage of in-tandem double-team offense with the nunchakus, so they've taken them out. Never you mind the no-tags or weapon shots. (laughs) Quick German on Nakano this time for the win. Two Fun tag matches in a row, essentially both ending the same way. So after Gokwaku Dome murdered an episode or two ago, the Jumping Bomb Angels, the Jumping Bomb Angels have fought back valiantly as the top babyface tag team now and have have they have Gokwaku Dome's number. Maybe someday we'll get Jumping Bomb Angels versus the Crush Gals for the tag titles. Someday. And that takes us into mid-February, February 15th at the Kawasaki City Gymnasium. Uh, it is the AJW Tag Team Championship, the Kazuo Nagahiro and Yumi Ogura Tag Team. So they're the champions of AJW uh, against Bull Nakano and Condor Saito. So a third Bull Nakano match, I think we see that Bull Nakano's getting a huge push at 18 years old. So now it's time for the other tag team titles. The 3WA are basically the main titles of the promotion. The red belt, if you will, is the 3WA title. The white belt is the all-Pacific title, which we, uh, on the previous episode, saw uh, Devil Masami uh, won and uh, then won the big belt. So, double champion, I believe. Um... In terms of a stardom comparison, I would say... I guess the AJW titles here are the junior tag titles, if you will. Uh, And then the... um, And it kind of goes from there. Uh, It's kind of a New Japan stardom comparison, actually. Which is ironic, because it shares the same name of the promotion, but the 3WA are more important, because it's the wide world of wrestling. Not just... uh, Not just confined to within the uh, promotion itself. So if you are from somewhere outside, you can come in. um, Be be that, if you will. Uh, Anyways, this team of Ogre and Nagahiro are called the Red Typhoons. They proceeded to just get murdered by Bull Nakano and her nunchucks. There was a small period of comeback over Condor Saito, but really this was the Bull Nakano show. However, however... Till once again, the good guys get a hold of her nunchucks and run wild on her and the team. Uh, so even this team, the Red Typhoons, being very generic looking uh, with very generic offense, they too can run wild as long as they get the nunchucks. So maybe Bull Nakano should not bring those things to matches anymore. Now she's losing all the time. And then we get our main event, which is the Jaguar-Yakota retirement match. What the f- All right, I need a drink for this. Jaguar Yokota's retirement match against Devil Masami. As we know, Jaguar, only 24 right now, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, She retired temporarily from here and became a trainer for All Japan Women, training the likes of Manami Toyota, Takako Inoue, and Yamada, just to name a few. This was due to what I found out in research, and... uh, Nice fan telling me online, a mandatory strict rule in all Japan women that all women must retire by the age of 25, 26 years old, along with the three no's. No drinking, no smoking, no boys, because God forbid boys. Uh, she did come out of retirement in 1995 uh, to wrestle for her own, um, basically, promotion that was started. Uh, it was called JD Star. Um kind of like the Tokyo Joshi Pro of today, focused uh, more or less on looks and uh, just to very briefly sum it up. up. So maybe I can find a drive or some YouTube matches of some of those matches later uh, when I get to that point in 95. Um, But yes, uh, in 1986, uh, because a lot of these big stars in All Japan Women were being forced to retire... And the f- pure popularity, high-end popularity of of uh, women's wrestling in Japan. Um, this is where you started seeing a lot of stem promotions coming. Uh, Japan women, Japan Pro Wrestling, JPW started. Um, not nearly as as successful because uh, it was the stars of yesteryear, not getting uh, enough of them uh, within the promotion. Uh, Because there were still quite a few left over. Uh, The ones that had already retired, uh, their time had come and gone. And they were out of the scene long enough where people kind of forgot about them. Uh, That's what the research I've seen shown. But needless to say, you started stemming uh, high-end talent. You started stemming stars. uh, Not successful promotions on top of it. Uh, you see a lot of parallels to how the scene is today. You know, if all Japan women is the stardom, uh, then you have your top stem pr- uh stemmed promotion with a few high end stars, and it just kind of trickles down from there into all your talent uh, being all your talent recruits being few and far between and spidered out through smaller promotions. Uh, but let's concentrate on this match here because it was a retirement match. Um, saw it with the Jumbo Hori, where it was, I'm going to hit my key moves, I'm going to play to the audience, have a little fun, and then have your big drawn-out ceremony. And that's kind of what you got here. Uh, what makes this one different is, you can clearly see, like, with Jumbo Hori, you can kind of tell, like, yeah, I get, you know, not a huge deal she's going to leave, but she was part of a big tag team. She was a star in her own right with Jaguar Yakota at 24 top of the game no sign of slowing down she had that shoulder injury a bit at the end of 1985 uh where she had to i believe vacate the title she had the epic hair versus hair match against or hair versus has, uh mask match against uh, La Galactica which was cool so that that's that's something to, to touch on a little bit is the fact that we haven't seen La Galactica since then i don't know if she retired or just simply wasn't allowed to come back because she was older uh, and once that feud was over she went back to mexico right and did her thing um but anyways uh let's see uh drive uh, yes and of course jaguar took a break after uh the jd star uh to start a family and then she still wrestles today so, uh, All Japan Women lost, I think, a huge draw in forcing Jaguar Yakota to retire based on this strict rule. And uh, the fact that she just kept wrestling <laughs> with barely any sign of slowing down. She's still hitting her fucking moves today against a lot of the talent. Uh the difference is talent's just not really going over her. Um, but anyways... Uh, both come to the ring as big stars. Jaguar, in particular, gets totally mauled on her way to the ring. Fans just squeezing through to the... Uh, forcing her to squeeze through the ring. Her and Masami have a brilliant few exchanges here, just showing the high level of technique and character work. Uh, These two are just way above the rest. It's just not even close. Yes, even... like yeah, I, I don't deny the popularity of the Crush Gals or the Jumping Bomb Angels, uh, how terrifying... Uh, Dump Matsumoto is as, at her character and just being a hardcore badass. Bull Nakano is a high up-and-coming talent at this point, being 18 years old and just being in just like every match on this journey. But when you look at just how Jaguar Yakota carries herself in the ring, how when she's put in a move and she looks around at the audience and the camera is just wide right up on her, Devil Masami is very much the same way. It's just leagues above the rest like there was at 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 the, at this point in time it seemed i'm just baffled that you would force someone to retire at 24 uh but she went on to uh be the trainer so maybe if we didn't get jaguar yakota retiring here we don't get the 90s boom wrestlers that we saw in all japan women that's an interesting topic to think about uh so you can't have both ways uh, but in a lot of ways there's no reason she couldn't do both right? I don't, I don't see why you couldn't do both in a hindsight perspective you know you can't break the rules back then kind of situation but hey, if you could go back in time and say get the fuck rid of this rule right now Devil, Devil Masami and Jaguar Yokota they're not going to retire at a young age come on I say, I say that's, that's worth a, uh, a time travel trip uh, so yeah, they're both brilliant in the ring. Uh, Jaguar Yokota hits her, hits her just awesome moves, pin, uh, pins Devil Masami, and as she goes out, she she did not go out on her back, no way, and then Asuka hits the ring, uh, in just a jumpsuit, and they exchange some just hardcore moves, they go back and forth really quick, it's like Jaguar Yokota's kind of taken aback, she's like, what the fuck is going on? They slap each other real hard. To get their they get their good licks in it was really good and cool to see it was kind of like a small passing of a torch between Yakota and Oscar uh, and then we have our ceremony I was going damn it I want to see more of Jaguar Yakota so you bet your ass when I get to 1996 I'm gonna be watching some JD star YouTube videos or finding some archives uh I am not done with Jaguar, Jaguar Yakota I might even slip in a uh, on this All Japan Women Classic. Slip in uh, some late seventies, early eighties Jaguar Yokota matches that I wasn't able to see through this uh, this archive here. Um, but yeah, I went in, I, I went down the rabbit hole, piecing together all the information stemmed from this forced retirement uh, stick and uh, to the All Japan owners losing money during the economic crisis in ninety seven. Which led to not being able to keep the contracts a lot of their stars, which which devastated the promotion. Uh, with a lot of the STEM promotion going and forcing wrestlers into retirement, they would get were getting less recruits, less recruits with talent, the talent not staying as long. Uh all the way to today where uh, when the promotion went down and a lot of because they're so young and felt like unfulfilled in their wrestling career, they still want to wrestle and not put over younger talent for fear they might be kicked out again. You know, I, that, that, that is for sure a thing. Like how many people has Meiko Satomura put over? How many people has uh, Maiko Ozaki and Oz Academy, Oz Academy put over? How many people have Aja Kong put over as those next big stars? You could probably count on one hand for each of those people how many people have been put over, right? You're like, Meiko Satomura, okay, I got uh, Asari, you got uh, Chihiro Hashimoto, and now you're struggling, right? So, it's like a puzzle that all fits, and uh, this all stemmed from this Jaguar-Yakota retirement match. So, all Japan women, looking forward to more 1986, very much looking forward to what's going on here.